Welcome to the Semi-Informed Football Podcast, a podcast about everything in the world of European football. Your hosts are Marco and Mark, longtime friends who are not pundits, but have some strong opinions about their favorite sport. On the show today, uh, we're going to be talking about two great matchups in Champions League. I'm going to uh, dial it back also to talk a little bit about Serie A, talk Juve, a little bit of Napoli and everything like that. And we're going to close things up by talking about the Premier and how the tables are running out and some last games that are quite interesting so mark let's take it away with the champions league what game are we going to start off with oh well let's start off with the big one madrid versus city uh this game did not disappoint Uh, i just want to jump right in and say that madrid has a plan and at the beginning of this game it looked like city was dominating they were dominating possession and you know after about 30 minutes Madrid started clicking again. And before the half, you know, Vinicius has an incredible strike. He's running with the ball full pace. The defender's right on him when he unleashes that rocket to the back of the net. And this reminded me of how Madrid approached last year's Champions League games when the opposition always seemed to get a strong start. And Madrid just likes to sit back. Like, this is their plan. This is why they're the kings of Europe. They sit back to start before they start with countering. Yeah, like uh, Benzema last year in, in the City game, just uh, just coming back and just being super, super like a superhero on that game, right? So 100% agree with you there. That mid looks really, really strong. And I know we have some aging players in, in Cruz and Modric. So it looks like this is going to be the destination team for Jude Bellingham. I know you knew being a Liverpool fan and everything like that, hoping that he was going to come to LFC. But I think uh, just the price tag's a little bit heavy. Do you think Bellingham could kind of fit in this midfield? I think so. I think he is a good distributor. I mean, he played with Holland, so back in uh, Dortmund. And I think, you know, Madrid has a, a seasoned team. They've got Vinicius, who's young. They've got Benzema, who's old. And Valverde plays a similar style. And I think those two really help replace Cruz and Modric. Um, again, we were just ch- chatting um, before the call, just talking about Rudiger and how um, I think he's probably one of the most underrated center backs in all of Europe. Nobody gives him his due, but um, how he marked Holland and how he just kind of was a huge pest to him. That whole game was unbelievable. Like, what do you think about that? No, absolutely right. I think he does play that pest role well. Uh, he sticks with his man and Holland really couldn't get going because of it. So, you know, kudos to Rudiger. Amazing. So what do you think happening happens in the second leg? So now they're tied up 1-1. Uh, so it's a brand new game in next week. So what do you think? Anyway, let's, let's just say it was a controversial 1-1. Uh, the reason Carlo Ancelotti got that yellow card was he was arguing the fact that the ball was out of play right before the lead-up to the goal. And, you know, the 3D imaging shows that, in fact, he was right. So it was a very close game. Madrid should have escaped with a with a one nil win. Not to take away from how great that city buildup was, and of course the unbelievable De Bruyne that strike um, leading into the second game. I think it's just such a juicy game for a football fan to watch. Uh, both teams obviously will be gunning for it. A lot of a lot of people I feel seem to have 
Madrid counted out just because City's playing at home. And I think that's almost where Madrid wants people's minds to be because they're going to come in as the underdog. And I really think they are going to win the match. And they've proven it, like I said, last year, the way they kept coming back. Albeit this is a stronger City team. But uh, I guess it will all depend on what you said about Rudiger, how well he can be able to defend uh, Holland this week. 100%. Uh, so uh, what you were just explaining right now sounds a lot like Muhammad Ali's rope-a-dope. You know, let them feel that they're in a in, a, yeah. in, a, in an advantageous uh, position and exactly. then just kind of just hit them, just hit them with that. So that's going to be an amazing game, and that's going to be a nice game to kind of take uh, an afternoon off to kind of watch that, you know, kind of get away from work. So really, really looking forward to that one. Okay, so I like add one more thing. At the end of that game, uh, Chuameni, who I talked about in episode one, he came on. And had a, a, just a cracker of a shot on, right off the cross from distance. Yeah, it, it was hard, and you know Ederson really had to uh, save that. Yeah. So I don't know. Maybe Chuamani gets some more minutes, and um, he can do something special too. Yeah, hundred percent. That midfield depth is crazy. Um, so let's go. Let's actually go on to the the next match, the the Milan Derby, Inter versus AC. Uh, what did you think about that one? All right, so I'm going to have a biased view. I am a Milan fan. Mm -hmm. Um, To me, the game was boring. It resembled a weak uh, Serie A game instead of that need for urgency. Like, I know Inter ended up scoring the two goals. They ended up getting the win. Good for them. But it just seemed like both teams were weak. Inter took advantage of the fact that Milan were the weaker of the two. And Milan really let me down because, like I said, there was no sense of urgency. There was no idea that, hey, guys, we're playing for a spot in the Champions League final. And yet, in the, in the lead-up to this game, the way Milan played against Napoli, I mean, there's no comparison. They were just dull. Yeah, I, I can see that too. But again, this being the Derby, this being uh, su- such a kind of a uh, high octane game, um, I think I think we're going to see something uh, exciting happen for the second leg of this. So um, I don't know. It's, it's, it, there's there's going to be some interest interest in this one. Well, definitely because Leal will be back. He's key. Mm-hmm. Um, and I also did want to talk about uh, Zeko's goal. I mean, Beautiful. it was it was top class. It was a great goal. Yeah, Zeko being another sort of uh, underrated superstar. Like again, you know, starting off, I believe, I think the first time I really saw him was in his phenomenal um, status, winning the Bundesliga with Wolfsburg. Right, uh, just being able to kind of wrestle that from uh, from Bayern. But I think that Here's the one. The one season, the one season that I saw him was just phenomenal, right? So, you know, and then kind of making it over to where he went to City right after that, and then to Italy. So, spent some time at Roma and in, and then uh, over to Inter. Sounds right. Yeah, that's it. Yeah, yeah, he's the same age as Ronaldo, so he's up there in his thirties. Yeah, no, no, but I think a uh, fine wine. Like, I think uh, just having that experience, um, I think that's what they really wanted to uh, when they, uh, I guess, dropped Lukaku to uh, send him over to Chelsea the first time. You know, just bringing another striker in uh, just mm-hmm. for some experience. And uh, you know what? 
it's it's been great. I don't think he's been playing, um, you know, 100% of the minutes. Like he's been, he's been kind of relegated a little bit. But again, when he comes in and he always adds a, a lot of, uh, you know, oomph to the team and he has a lot of leadership as well. We're talking about the Derby and the Champions League. Let's actually stay in Italy a little bit and we can talk about, uh, you know, a few things that are happening in Serie A. Uh, one thing I want to point out with um, Napoli, uh, Kind of ice the the scudetto, which is the the I guess the the win in uh, Serie A the, with a one one win over Udinese. Yeah, yeah. Sorry, with a one one win over Udinese about a, a week and a half ago. So um, it was crazy. Like again, I saw I saw a lot of uh, TikToks. I saw a lot of Instagrams of what Napoli looks like with all the uh, fireworks, and it's unreal. So um, thirty three years, uh, not since I guess the the days of Maradona. Ninety, yeah, Maradona, yeah. nineteen ninety. Yeah, not since the days of Maradona have they actually finished that high. So that's, uh, you know, it's a huge, huge um, accomplishment for them. And honestly, I, what I like about Napoli is they're a very, very smart run club. It, it, it's, it's, it's unbelievable what they've been able to put together. Like, if you take a look at, like, what happened last year. So they dropped uh, Lorenzo Insigne. Um, and the, everybody thought that that was going to be, like, you know, that just the, the I say the our writings on the wall, you know what they're, they're not, they're not going to, they're not going to be competitive, but also men coming in and just having a phenomenal year and just everybody coming together. And I think um, I get a lot of, um, I get a lot of kudos from, uh, from um, my fellow Serie A fans by being able to say Kvasha Kvartskelia correctly. Um, I don't think that is the correct way. I think there's like a rolling K like Kvasha like that is it's guttural in inner throat but i think i'm closer than most other people that i know um mark do you want to give it a shot yeah caveradonna <laughs> yeah you know what saying it as it with a unique number there number 77 but uh again uh, such a phenomenal player such a phenomenal add to that and awesome men just being phenomenal on that team so you know the uh, napoli hats off to them I, I wanted to kind of jump over to juventus though kind of like 50 50 on juventus sometimes like what I, what I find is people either love juventus or love to hate juventus that's like they're, they're, they're... where do you stand on this so i think it depends on the players that i want to see here so i'm a big fan of uh how how we did with Fiorentina the last few years but dushan vlaovic right so i really want him to do well there right uh so i, I like that um the interesting story with adrian rabio where everybody was counting him out of Juventus and he just had a really masterful season, um, you know, like getting a lot of key goals and everything like that. So uh, Pogba being down for the count, but Pogba is actually back now, uh, you know, playing some, I guess, some meaningful shifts. Um, you know, it's, it's an interesting, it's an interesting kind of lot and everything. Uh, one thing I didn't want to count, out, uh, count for is that uh, Vlaovic kind of came back on. Uh, he scored about two, he scored two goals in two successive games, not just this past weekend, but uh, with this with his first goal goal that he scored, just acknowledging the monkey off his back. I love the fact that he right away turned around and he said um, like his condolences to uh, there were there was like a mass uh, shooting in Belgrade with uh, where where I think it was eight eight kids got a shot um, at a at a school shooting in Belgrade, which is really really horrible. But he kind of made mention of that, so that was something that was really really weighing on him. I think just getting that goal and being able to say something about that was really really big for him. So um, again, like a lot of these athletes, uh, you know, they are people too. Uh, another thing that I saw with respect to that um, uh, school shooting, uh, as Luka Doncic from uh, the Dallas Mavericks actually. Uh, also expressed his grief with that. He's actually going to pick up, I think, uh, the funeral costs. 
for for, for those children also. Yeah. And then actually the next day, there was another mass shooting in Belgrade. So really crazy stuff happening. But uh, again, this really kind of shocked uh, the, the these players together. So that yeah. that's, that's some craziness there. I don't know. You heard about that one, right? Uh, yeah. And I was like, uh, I was dumbfounded just like these players were. Like, it's yeah. crazy. Yeah, it's, it's nothing that really happened like that in, in the past. But anyways, um, and again, just kind of, kind of going on with the Juventus, uh, we were chatting about this as well. But, you know, another thing uh, with uh, Massimiliano Allegri, their coach, uh, mm-hmm. kind of hit or miss. People love him, but he's way too defensive minded for this team. Absolutely. Uh, yeah, I, like, again, I, th- I think, you know, bringing in Vlaovic, having um you know Chiesa on there and it's just like they've been kind of stranded on an island a little bit so uh not the like I guess those two players aren't the right for this aren't right for this coach so either they end up kind of yeah looking looking elsewhere or you know you know maybe Juventus has to think something for with Allegri one thing that I found was interesting was with Allegri um Again, there's some some huge buyout clause. So if Juventus wants to part ways with them, like yeah, they have a contract w- with with Allegri, that you would kind of make it financially impossible for that to happen, or very 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 expensive. So I heard a rumor where they might actually boot him up to the front office and look for a replacement. And the two replacements I think are both really good ideas. It's not the big big names that you're thinking of, like a Zinedine Zidane or something like that. But um, one of them was an actual. Uh, prior um played on Juventus had a lot of injury troubles but Igor Tudor um he's right now in Olympic Marseille uh doing a great job over there in um in France uh he coached most recently in Serie A uh Hellas Verona and he like I find with Igor Tudor he can bring a lot out of uh like a lot of young players so that might be a really really interesting option also uh from uh from the prem roberto Zerbi from uh, brighton hove albion so i didn't know if he's kind of running out of his contract or he's not in favor over there in, in brighton but that's another rumor that i hear for for juventus and, and, any kind of comment on that mark juventus is a team that i love to hate right? <laughs> there you go <laughs> and uh but but having said that yeah allegri he's just stuck in his old ways yeah how do you bring in the leading scorer in Dusan Vlahovic from last year? You know, he's a bona fide goal scorer. And then you put him in this system that's so defensive minded and doesn't allow him to really explode like he's capable of. That's just, that's asinine to me. Yeah. Yeah. It makes no sense. Yeah. And that's, that, that's crazy because, again, one of the biggest teams in Italy, um, again, they're not. Again, they're not they're they're not going to win the Scudetto. They had their 15 point relegation and had that overturned. But uh, again, that's uh, f- for them to really kind of push uh, push forward and see what's going to happen next season. Um, you know what? Seeing that, let's kind of wrap things up on uh, on Serie A. Let's just run over to the Prem. Um, what, what do you think? What do you think about this table? How it's kind of uh, how it's kind of t- turning itself out. Like even with you know City now pulling away from Arsenal, where we thought. Maybe back in January, Arsenal had this all wrapped up. Like this is an interesting turn of events. Yes and no. I mean, I think I think <laughs> Arsenal or any team who comes second should feel proud and should be crowned the champions because really for City, it's an infinite amount of money. And with that money, it's not just the starters, it's the incredible depth. And that's not afforded to other teams. 
how they keep getting away from the financial fair play, who knows? But Arsenal, you know, they were giving lots of hope earlier on. They had that seven-point lead. And even if they had lost that game to City, if they had kept pace with what they were doing, they still could have won the league. So they slipped up. They slipped up. But what I think people forget is that I don't think anybody really expected Arsenal to be competing for number one. Like when this season started, I think people were hopeful. Fans or Gunner fans were hopeful that Arsenal would compete for a Champions League spot. You know, maybe get that fourth, maybe third, right? But again, when you have that seven-point lead midway through, you gotta you gotta hold on to that. Yeah, hundred percent. I guess that was um, a big big loss on their end. I think you mentioned last week that was a bottle on their on their on their end. Um, kind of, I had to actually do a little bit of research on that. I'm like, what does bottle mean, right? And I think there's a lot of lot of um, uh, defi- definitions out there. But one that I kind of laughed at the most was, you know, what's a bottle made out of? It's made out of glass. What does glass remind of? Ass. So you're playing like ass. I don't know. Like <laughs> that's the, that's the example that I had. So um, and you, to your point, like again, um, I I find like the prem, the top four to get into champions is probably the most competitive. Like I'd say this is compared to if you're a baseball fan, the AL East with, uh, you know, the Jays, the Yankees, the um, the Rays, the Red Sox, and even the Baltimore Orioles, you know, they're just all killing each other, all having great, uh, great records and everything like that, but somebody can't make it. Right. So that's, yeah. that's the way I look at it right here. One team that I'm really, really um, surprised with, I guess, you know, again, they have a lot of great players too, but they're, they're, they're taking advantage of, you know, an off year by both Liverpool and Chelsea is Newcastle, uh, who, who are right now in third, but still tied with United with 66 points. Uh, so they're both tied for th- third and fourth. What do you think about you, Newcastle? Like, okay, Newcastle has one of the best current midfielders in Bruno Gumarish. And he is a target, even though, you know, Newcastle under the new ownership, the Saudi money, they're going to do everything they can to keep him. One of the many rumors linked to Liverpool was that Klopp wanted Bruno Gomarish. Uh, but he's he's been sort of that, he's not your goal scorer, but he's that catalyst in the mid. He's a workhorse. So he's really done a lot for for that team. They've had some interesting pieces, too. Some pieces, I think, didn't pan out as well, like Isaac. Can't make any definitive comments on whether or not he's going to continue to fit this team. But, yeah, I mean, looking at their record, they had the same amount of wins as a team like Liverpool. But what they've done really well at is um, defending, right? They've got 12 draws, okay? 12 draws. They've only lost five games and they've also scored quite a bit. Yeah. No, you know what you, you mentioned um, Isaac on there. I think he, he's, 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 he's a great forward. He's a great striker. Um, I think it's uh, the first year um, with the team. Um, it just kind of, it's taking a little bit to gel again to a new league too. Um, I think um, Darwin Nunez is also in that category as well, trying to gel into new year. Like it's, it's no, yeah. Like again, on, on Darwin's side, it's like I think he has a physica- physicality, he has the heart, and he has the intensity 
that I think he's going to be a top striker in this league or a top forward in this league. So I'm not worried about the the either of those talking about Darwin right now. And uh, let, let's kind of follow that follow that and go a little bit with Liverpool. Um, how much were they missing like uh, Luis Diaz this year or even um, Diego, Diogo Jota, right? It was, it, I think that might have been the difference between Liverpool getting into the Champions League and not getting into the Champions League. So, yeah, and this is why I talked about Man City's depth, right? Liverpool doesn't have the kind of depth that Man City has at all positions. But when you have Diaz and Jota in the lineup, that gives you a lot of options. And it gives you depth at those positions, right? And those are key positions. Jota has always been a great goal scorer at Liverpool in my mind. And all he needed was a few games under his belt before he started clicking. And to touch upon what you said about Darwin, I feel the same way. You know, maybe it was the pressure, right? A lot of pressure on him uh, coming into the season. Everyone was billing, oh, Darwin versus Holland. And then we saw Holland just go off on a tear. Nunez can't keep up. I'm sure he's got this pressure. But I have complete faith that Darwin's going to explode uh, next season. Yeah, kind of uh, make make it worthwhile for that huge transfer coming over. Another transfer that I thought I was thinking of. So Manchester United spending spending 100 million pounds on Anthony. Um, he's a great player. He's very flashy, and you could see some moments of brilliance too. But could that money have been spent better somewhere else on that team? Like I know at the time uh, Ronaldo was still kind of factoring in, but I think Ten Hag really kind of had that kind of road for him where he wasn't really going to be part of the team you know to you know looking to kind of bear to 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 its bones but like what does like Manchester United need to do I guess you know next season in order to be a little bit more competitive in this league I know they're in fourth place right now but I just feel like you know they're losing leaving a lot of points on the table well what you're talking about brings up a really important point that people fans may not really realize the importance of a sporting director at a club. So in the case of Anthony, he came from the Netherlands. Ten Hag was there. He saw how he played. But in my mind, I really think Ten Hag oversold him. Okay, He overvalued him. And the club just went with it. But someone like uh, Edu over in Arsenal, he actually has a fundamental uh, system for determining a player's value. And, you know, I've talked about this last episode where Chelsea also overpaid, right? Yeah. And Chelsea had also lost their sporting director the year before. Liverpool also lost their sporting director. So Liverpool, you know, they're in the midst of signing Jörg Schmatke, who comes from the Bundesliga knows Klopp, Klopp knows him. He's a bit old school, but I think working in tandem with Klopp, they'll be able to get the job done. But like I said, people underestimate the role of the sporting director. It's very important. I might have mentioned two more teams that uh, that I found interesting in the Prem this uh, weekend. Uh, Fulham, Mitro's back, and he scored within six and a half minutes. So happy to see that. And I think uh, the Cottagers of Bannon Fulham are just going insane. Uh, they, 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 they love having him there. They love having him score. So honestly, maybe he can kind of keep his uh, attitude in check and, you know, stay away from the reps. So, you know, he doesn't get into too much trouble. 
then another thing I think we kind of said uh, Chelsea was a bit of a punching bag this year. Um, mm -hmm. One rumor that I thought was really, really interesting, and uh, again, a little bit of a warning, um, but uh, a swap deal with Napoli where they would send uh, Christian Pulisic over to Napoli and they would bring Victor Osimhen back, right? So we talked about earlier on in the show how Osimhen was just really making Napoli, you know, his stomping ground. It was just phenomenal year this oh, year. So and even Chelsea, Osimhen was awesome. Awesome. Osimhen was awesome, right? But even Chelsea, Chelsea just seems like, I guess, what is it? Since since Drogba they like it's just been kind of like a wasteland for strikers has it like like what what what's happened in the last few years like can you think of somebody that's really come out of that system well Mason Mount was doing really well until this year in midfield yeah I don't know I don't know I, I think it's it's a lot has to do with coaching and not playing to a striker's capabilities so for example in my mind, Lukaku, when he's healthy, really is a bona fide striker. Yes. He's a big guy. He's, he's a strong guy. He's got the speed. And he knows how to find the back of the net. How, how he didn't work out, I don't know. Yeah. But interestingly enough, I just read that um, Pochettino, uh, soon-to-be-announced coach of Chelsea, has named three key players that he wants. Uh, Kane at striker, Alexis McAllister from Brighton, Hove, and Albion, a fellow Argentinian for midfield, and then Emiliano Martinez, the goalkeeper, the World Cup winning goalkeeper for Argentina. And for those of you who don't know, Pochettino's from Argentina as well. So he wanted those three players, but he also mentioned that he wanted to hold talks with Lukaku. And Lukaku right now is on loan at Inter. So that should be interesting if he wants to, um, or if he gets Kane and if he gets uh, Lukaku to come back. Interesting. So, you know what, let's kind of wrap things up by looking at the three teams that are, I guess, in, in fear of being relegated. So Leeds United, Leicester City, and Southampton. So Southampton's done. Uh, they've had a very horrible year. They're only sitting there with 24 points. Uh, I think six of those wins. So, you know, again, they're not doing themselves yeah. any favor. So they're going down. And but I didn't less... realize they had been in the league for the last 11 years. Yeah, yeah. That's quite a long time. Their mainstay as like sort of like a, a mid-table type club. Mm -hmm. um, you know, well, one where, you know, it's it's tough playing against them. But again, uh, they're going to have to uh, uh, try their wares in championship next year. But also, uh, we're chatting about this, but Leicester City, after having a phenomenal 2016 under Cla uh, Claudio Ranieri, um, again, they're getting they're getting relegated, right? So, uh, you know, that, that's, a, that's a shame. Like, is that team going to be coming apart? Like, I know there's some pieces there. I think Jamie Vardy, like, what's, what's his status? I, I think Jamie Vardy's done. I think he's yeah. 35, 36. Hasn't play, been playing as many minutes this year. You know, what's really sad with Leicester is once the owner... Uh, died tragically in that helicopter crash in the stadium things seemed to go downhill they also lost uh, Schmeichel Casper Schmeichel he went to uh, Nice and what's interesting is what's going to happen to Yuri Tilleman some rumors are that Madrid are interested in him um, I'm sure he's going to leave the team if, if Leicester get uh, relegated but there's still other teams that could get relegated right uh, Leeds is on the bubble, Everton's on the bubble, and Nottingham Forest. 
Another name that kind of escaped me at the time when you were talking about Telemans, though, is though um, Ian Apchio, uh, who I consider oh, yeah. a great player too. Like I think I think there's a there's a lot of great uh, players coming out of Nigeria, and um, he, he's he's one of them. And uh, honestly, I think we're going to see like great things happening for happening from this country because again, they're sprinkled in all over the leagues everywhere. So great players coming out out of Nigeria. But yeah, to your point. You know, all, Leicester going down potentially. Um, you know, a lot of these a lot of these players are gonna kind of be picked off. Yeah, like what will happen to, you know, a lot of the talents on Everton, right? Hundred percent. All right. Um, I think that's the time that we have for today. Um, we're gonna come back actually really really soon because we want to really talk about the second leg of the Champions League because uh, you know we kind of hyped it on this show today. We're we're. Well, what's gonna what's gonna be happening in these in these matchups in the derby or that return between City and uh, Real? But some interesting stuff coming coming forward. So, Mark, um, great talking to you today, and uh, we'll chat soon. And uh, what an exciting week ahead! I mean, this is a great time to be watching football, following football. So, yeah, great chatting with you, and I'm looking forward to the next episode. Thanks, Mark. <laughs>